TY Skin podcast is being held on the lands of the Wurundjeri people, and I wish to acknowledge them as the traditional owners. We would also like to pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and Aboriginal elders of the other communities who may be here today. Hello. Hi, Yanni. Hi, how are you going? Not too bad, other than just being announced seven more days in lockdown. Yeah, we just saw that. We've had um, seven days here in Melbourne um, because of the Sydney cluster. Um, And now we've had another seven days. How are you feeling about it? I mean, it's frustrating as always. Like, it sucks, but we have no choice, don't we? So, And also, um, it it just being our uni holidays is like, just forced to relax. (laughs) I know. It's a bit of a slap in the face just because of like, um, I was going to use this time to socialise, but guess not. Yeah, literally. Now I'm just going to be reading and I don't know what else. Eating. Oh, Face masking. Face masking. Retinol. Might (laughs) might slap that salicylic mask that I have. I never use it. Like I need to start, like I say, like I, I tell people, yeah, I use it like weekly but like I honestly don't and I feel shit about it like a week comes around so quick (laughs) yeah I'm like oh my god yeah but um yeah this lockdown is really frustrating obviously got to do what we got to do like we're dermal clinicians like we know how important health and safety is but it still does take such a huge toll on people's businesses and people's livelihoods especially with beauty because we are beauty related um the restrictions that are usually given to us can affect us quite, quite heavily. Like we always, yeah, there, there's always, always those, yeah. This industry is always like first to close, last to open, like hit very yeah. hard, but we'll see. Hopefully at the end of the um, seven days, that's it. You know, we're, we're zero cases and we get on with it. Um, yeah. Do you have any plans for the next seven days? Any goals? Um. I think just my goal is just to like relax. Like you said, like, I mean, we're on school break right now. Like I just want to take this time to, you know, like really get, um, get this podcast going. I'm really enjoying our episodes that we talk about everything that we, you know, give information to. I've been getting um, like DMs from people and like people talking to me about the podcast saying like they love it and they love the information we give. So that just feeds me so much joy. So like just lovely. So good. Has anyone in your life spoken to you about the pod? Yeah, my cousin, who I'm really close with, she has been loving it. And um, it's just such a good time in lockdown for people to listen and, you know, give you something to do. So we are still taking questions as well. We're live today, as people listening live will know. So we might have a few people yeah. pop in and ask questions as we're going on with the episode. Um, yeah. But yeah, Yanni, what are we speaking about today? Today we are speaking about IPLs, IPL machines and laser machines. So we're going to be talking so a bit is... about what the similarities are, what the differences are. I think this topic was birthed from a lot of my experience with I've worked with lasers a lot, um, a lot of the time for hair removal. Um, and this kind of topic is birthed from my experience of people thinking that they're the same thing, 
um, which they are quite similar. So, I mean, totally understandable if people don't know what the differences are. So we thought, what a great topic to kind of bridge that gap and fill in everyone's knowledge and let them know what the differences are. Because we Absolutely. want you to be educated. And then you can make those choices for yourself of which one you want to have. 100%. It's one of those things that are a bit more, um, as opposed to things like maybe like appeal, they do have a bit more um, complexity to it when it comes to how it works. Um, and mm. a lot of people can be scared by them, I think. Like there's a lot of fear about like being burnt by a laser, getting hurt yeah. by a laser, um, and uh, which is such a shame. And even operating a laser. Even operating yep. a laser, like when, I remember when I first started, I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to burn someone, which is totally valid. But um, that's where, like, education and knowledge is key to everything. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Um, there is a bit of fear around it. But, um, and, you know, it's totally valid. Like, I think in Australia, um, it is a bit, it sucks a bit with the regulation around lasers um, just because, well, there's really no regulation actually. There's, it's very um, hard to kind of, well, some, it hasn't been. In, in some states like Queensland and things, you have now you have to have a laser safety certificate, which is fantastic. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, literally anyone can buy one and operate one, which is scary because they're very powerful. Yeah. But used they are correctly, very powerful. oh, my God, they're stunning. They really are. They're really fun. So, um, so what can sorry. we use IPL and laser machines for in like health and dermal clinics? So our most common one, which I'm sure so many of our listeners will know, is hair removal so or hair reduction. Um, so this is when you're going to like a clinic for hair removal. Often it will be IPL or laser, depending on what they have there. Um, both of them, both can be used to treat pigmented lesions, vessels and redness um, and a few other things depending on what machine you have like laser genesis uh, and things like that. But there's so many different types out there, but they're kind of, that's kind of the main things and the well-known treatments. Um, but I think for the purpose of the chat today, we're probably going to speak and angle it around more hair removal because that's kind of like, the most common thing um yeah. and then the theory and things is very similar for the other treatments that the machines are used for yeah so kind of like how we've spoken I, I think we've spoken a bit about before in other episodes but um chromophores are a really big um thing when we do talk about laser machines and ipl because we are targeting specific parts of our skin in order to you know mm-hmm. get rid of it so a chromophore is something that um, is a material and it absorbs certain wavelengths depending on what it is. So the main one we're going to talk about today is melanin because that's yeah. the main main chromophore that's in our, um, in our hair. Yeah, absolutely. And in our pigmented lesions, so like our freckles, solar tigers, those things that we're removing with the laser. So yeah. all of those things that are that pigment, yeah, melanin is our main chromophore, which is the, the thing that is absorbing the laser for it to be effective. So I'm sure if a lot of people have had hair removal before, they will know that with the laser and an IPL that it won't work on blonde hairs. It does all grey hairs. And that's because 
those hairs don't have that melanin in it. They don't have that pigment or that chromophore to absorb the laser and to be uh, effectively treated. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it, the um, the choice of um, the per, the can there's there's a certain candidacy for um, laser hair removal. Also, like people, like you said, like that white hair, that that red hair, like it can't be treated um, as effectively. Yeah. Those black coarse hairs, um, you know, are really great to be treated with this. So there is a suitability for laser hair removal. Also. Exactly. And wherever there's more chromophore, so it's a darker hair, it's a thicker hair, the more absorption you're going to get and the better treatment basically. But that's, again, Mm. where knowledge comes in and you can manipulate parameters and things as such to target those less dark, finer hairs. It's just all dependent on your operator and, yeah. Mm. So I think we should go through a bit about what, there, there's a couple of like big um, differences between IPL and laser. Um, and I just wanted to kind of outline them maybe just because I feel like a lot of people get confused with them and they think they are the same thing. Absolutely. Um, a lot of so, the time, I think in my practice, I will say to people when I'm consulting before going ahead with treatment, if they've had treatment before, I ask them, oh, was it IPL or laser? And they'll be like, oh, I'm not really sure. And a good way to test it is a lot of IPL machines, you will have a gel applied and it makes contact with the skin. With most lasers, um, you it doesn't have to have contact with the skin. Sometimes a gauge will make contact with the skin and most of the time you don't have a gel as well. And you can always ask your therapist as well. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so um, let's highlight some of the differences. Yeah. So IPL, intense pulse light, they're non-laser, but they use this thing called broad wavelengths. So the wavelength or the um, the depth of penetration that this um, this machine uses sits between two different um, numbers. So it usually sits between a 500 and 1200 nanometer range. Whereas lasers use a single wavelength. So because of that, IPL will use things like cutoff filters, depending on what they want to treat and who they're going to treat. Exactly. Like I, how I like to explain it sometimes is with laser, it's like, it's a, like a coherent single beam. So all of that energy is going to where we're targeting. Whereas with IPL, it's lots of different scattered wavelengths of light in that whole range. So it's treating all of that area, which is really beneficial. Like both are very beneficial for different things. Um, So it's great that we have the two options. Um, Definitely. But yeah, then it gives us those indications for treating different things. Um, Um, So IPL, I would say, is more suited for people who sit between a Fitzpatrick one and a Fitzpatrick three, maybe a four for hair removal. Um, Whereas laser can treat most skin types and is quite safe when we talk about things like a 1064 nanometer wavelength for laser hair removal for, for higher numbered Fitzpatrick skin types. So Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, African descent, Caribbean descent, those type of people. Um, Exactly. And that's because of that, 
coherent light and that single beam and that all of that um, energy being absorbed at that wavelength. So with these, like you're saying, with these darker Fitzpatrick types, they have a lot more melanin in their skin. So when the all of the energy is being absorbed by the chromophore melanin at a specific wavelength that isn't suited to those Fitzpatrick types because all of that energy is going to be absorbed by the skin because there's so much melanin there. So if we choose a different wavelength with our laser, 1064, which is a lot deeper in a sense, it's absorbed by hemoglobin in the blood. So this is going to be absorbed by that blood supply that's attached to the hair and around that hair follicle rather than the actual hair itself. Um, So by doing this, we're getting that absorption much deeper down past all of that melanin. And this means we can still treat the hair, but without creating skin injury. Whereas in a lighter Fitzpatrick, they've got a lot more melanin in the hair and not much in the skin. So we have that kind of disparity between the two. And all of that energy is going to be absorbed by the melanin in the hair and not the skin. So it's safe to treat. Yeah. And um, yeah, like you said, with the Fitzpatrick um, type people, when you do treat with a longer pulse wavelength, we are going deeper. So we're going to penetrate more towards the hair bulb to, you know, heat that hair bulb. So we're not going, you know, more superficial so we're bypassing kind of um you know the melanin in someone's epidermis and this is really important for people who are high Fitzpatrick and then you know there are other things that you can do to manipulate um you can manipulate the laser machine in order to conserve someone's melanin in their skin especially with those dark fits types so you can do longer pulse duration so the energy sits longer in that area or lower fluences, meaning that there's less energy in that area. Just, it's it's also really dependent on the individual too. Like it's not just Fitzpatrick type, it's also their hair type too. Absolutely. So that leads us into talking a little bit about parameters. Um, So, you know, it's not, you know, just come in, turn the laser on and go ahead. There's all different parameters that we select to ensure that we are targeting what we're wanting to target and targeting that chromophore. So whether that be pigmented lesion or hair, we've got a few. So let's yep. just explain them. Um, so we've got what we call our fluence, which is our energy. So this is how much energy we're putting into the skin to target it. So if we've got a lot of chromophore and a lot of melanin, we don't need as much energy. So we'll use less. Whereas if it's lighter, there's not as much chromophore, not as much melanin. So we'll need more energy to target that. Um, and, yeah, so that depends on what we're treating, of course. Um, then we've got our pulse duration. Yep, so Otherwise. pulse duration, that correlates to our thermal relaxation time. So our thermal relaxation time is something it's required for an object, or in this case the skin, to cool down 50% of the initial temperature achieved. So this is really important to ensure that you're maintaining the surrounding tissue of whatever you're going to treat. If you want to treat hair, you don't also want to treat your skin also because you're going to burn it. That's when burns happen, right? Or that's when, you know, a lot of redness and edema happens. Um, Usually with our pulse duration, the larger the chromophore is, the longer the thermal relaxation time um, is needed to cool down. 
Yeah, and a really good analogy is like, so say you're targeting a thicker hair. Um, it's like cooking something in the oven. You've got a thicker hair. So say you've got a massive whole roast pumpkin that you're cooking in the oven. That is going to take a longer time to heat all the way through in the oven. So it's going to be a longer pulse. Whereas if you've got a tiny little cube of pumpkin, it's going to take two seconds. So your pulse duration is quicker. So it's got a lot to do with like surface area, how much, how long it's going to take to heat up that hair, but also how long it's going to take for that skin, surrounding skin to cool back down. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. I love that analogy. I laugh because it's so You love my pumpkin? (laughs) Love I love analogy. your pumpkin. Yeah, I'm no, like in my head. Like I'm we... like, I'm, I'm not gonna say roast chicken. Disgusting. Because <laughs> we usually at school we talk about the chip analogy, like chips, wedges, shoestring, or whatever. But oh, the pumpkin, yeah. I like. <laughs> I love pumpkin. Roast pumpkin yeah, is delicious. Yeah, season it up. Yum. <laughs> yum yum. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so that's a bit about, I guess, the terminology of it. Um, I think also a big thing between IPL and laser is also like how relevant it is to what part of the body you're treating. Let's say someone is suited for both machines, right? You're a Fitzpatrick three. You're not going to really have a lot of complications with IPL, but you're getting your back treated for hair removal. You're probably going to want to stick with an IPL machine because of the applicator that it uses. So IPLs generally use a rectangular handpiece. It's like a sapphire tip and they are really good for large flat surfaces. So back, chest, legs, they're really good. If you're going to be using a laser, it will take longer to actually treat the area. So thinking about the practicality for yourself as a dermal clinician or if you're a client, you're going to be in there quick. You're going to be in and out a bit quicker. Absolutely. And it's so dependent on the machine as well. Like so dependent. Um, yeah. We have worked with lasers before um, where they have a whole huge area and it suctions on like incredible. So easy to use. Um, yeah, they really but are. And also when we're doing little intimate, like smaller areas, like the lip even, I've even treated areas where like, people's hair joins from their eyebrow to their hairline and that's a tiny area um so it's all about you know we've got different size tips that we change and everything that we alter according to the anatomical site and what the Mm. hair's like yeah so are you saying you you treated some with an ipl in that area with the laser with the laser yeah cool yeah yeah lasers more for those specific hard to reach curved spots too just because yeah, of like, I mean, you can make you can make either one work for you. It just, um, yeah, it just depends, doesn't it? Preference. Yeah. Um, and because I guess, like, just to touch on it quickly, um, IPL because it has that broad wavelength, it has that range that you can use and manipulate. It can target multiple chromophores. So if you have a condition like pachyloderma, where you have redness on your neck you have sun damage on your neck and you have a lot of um, collagen degradation. This is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. So with um, poikloderma, like you were saying, a really good way to diagnose it is it spares the middle of the neck. So if anyone listening thinks that they're suffering from it, it's really on the sides and spares the middle. 
Um, yeah. How would you say it appears? It looks like red, white, and brown. So we've got the um, vascular component and hypo and hyperpigmentation. So it's quite distinct yeah. when you. And then it see almost it, you has. Know what it is. Yeah, and depending on, I guess, the person's, um, like, body weight too, it can have those ridges almost. Mm. Um, like, and the ridges almost are more hypopigmented just because they don't get as much sun exposure as yeah. the non-wrinkled areas. And it's... And exactly. Then, yeah. Um, and it's very, it's much things. more common in women and it's almost much more common in women in their 40s or 50s. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, definitely like hormonal influence, sun exposure. Something I always tell people to avoid is spraying perfume on their neck because of the alcohol in the perfume and those kind of photosensitizing ingredients can really sensitize you to the sun um, in those areas and lead you to developing it. So that's like a top tip, always on your clothing, never on the skin. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, like you were saying, IPL is incredible for this because you have that wide range that you're treating you can treat the vasculature and the pigment whereas if you were using a laser you would have to select a single wavelength and treat one or the other in each session yeah um which is amazing yeah and sometimes for people that's that's enough like some people are really only bothered by one aspect of a condition right Mm. absolutely but then also with um either treatment laser or IPL for something like that, that heat in the area that you're creating through the treatment is also going to stimulate your collagen production. So you're going to going to get that rejuvenation, which you need in poikloderma as well. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I so... think. Um... <laughs> no, you go. Um, I was just going to say, um, I think an important thing with, hair removal is that a lot of people don't know specifically so you're treating the hair right you're destroying the hair what is actually what is actually reducing the hair growth what is actually love that you said this yeah because I think a lot of people get confused about this like we, we can talk about what we're targeting or whatever but what's actually going what's reducing our hair growth cycle and what's yeah what's doing that I'll, so I'm going to start and I'm going to explain how what's happening when you're getting hair removal really in plain terms because this is how I explain it to people in consultations most of the time. So basically you we shave the hair first. We want it to be as short as possible, a nice clean shave as close to the skin because if you have too much hair sitting above the skin, your laser is just going to burn that off. You're not going to get that penetration down to the hair bulb where it needs to go. So basically we will pulse the laser or the IPL onto the skin. This heat is absorbed, well, it's light energy, it's photonic energy, and it's absorbed by our chromophore, so our hemoglobin and our melanin. The heat travels down to the hair bulb. Um, It's transferred to heat. This heat then destroys the hair or denatures the hair, transfers to the surrounding skin cells in your um, pilosebaceous unit, which is like your hair follicle. And then this heat destroys and damages the surrounding cells. So these cells include your stem cells, which are going to create your new hair when it regrows and the hair itself is damaged. So then, so when you have your hair removal treatment, 
you'll notice that the hair that you've shaved and then we've treated by the laser is destroyed. So about a week later, I normally say around a week, you'll notice that hair will start to come out of the follicle. It'll start to push out. And a lot of the time it feels like you're having hair growth, but you're not, it's not actually growth. Your new hair is just being, or I mean, sorry, your old hair that we've treated with the laser is just starting to push out of the follicle. So at this point you need to exfoliate and it's actually so satisfying at the start when your hair's really thick because you can almost pull them out um, and they're not attached <laughs> to anything. It's like as good as popping a pimple. I love it. Satisfaction um, 100%. Yeah. So we always recommend to exfoliate at this stage because you want to remove that hair. Then you have a gap of like having no hair because it's like your hair is regrowing, regenerating. And then around that four to six week time frame when you're due to come to have another treatment, you'll start to notice your hair grow back again. It'll be grow, It'll grow slower. It'll be thinner. It'll be significantly less. Um, and that should happen and be less and less every single time you're coming for a treatment. Um, so it is a gradual change. You do see a difference after one treatment. Like it's an incredible treatment. It's so, it works so well. Um, but yeah. that is the basics. But yeah, it's like, so basically when we're creating that heat and that damage to the surrounding cells and the stem cells, that is what's, that is what's giving you that longevity, that kind of, um, permanent reduction so I like to explain it like you know how when people say oh, I've been waxing for years my hairs are really thin now that is from that accumulative damage to the stem cells so it's the same thing with laser like we're using heat to destroy the stem cells around the hair follicle so that it doesn't grow back obviously this happens so much faster than in waxing that's um, such a good point like I never thought mm-hmm. that because waxing actually does create a bit of heat yeah, it creates that damage, that accumulative damage of pulling the hair out, which then damages the surrounding cells. Um, yeah. And that's why people find after years of waxing, they have less and less and less hair. I mean, your body can only regenerate something so much, right? Like if you're creating well, constant guess, damage. Yeah, and it's kind of one of those things like hair on your legs doesn't have that much of a function. So it's just, yeah, mm. not going to continue to renew it. But yeah. Mm. Laser is much, much more uh, efficacious than waxing. Yeah, definitely. Laser, yeah, you'll definitely get the results of that hair reduction so much quicker than waxing. Like waxing is just kind of like you do it and you don't. It's just waxing is just a longer version of like shaving, I guess, in terms of like how long you have to wait in between sessions. But um, hair removal is just great. Like you you only need like a fixed set of treatments and a yeah, bit so of I maintenance. Yeah, I would say a really good av- a good average kind of number to say around treatments is probably six, six to eight maybe. And then, yeah, yeah, you are looking at maintenance every like four to six months. But by then it really is only a few hairs here or there that you're treating. Um, and the great thing about it is too is you can shave as much as you want in between. You, the only thing you can't do when you're having IPL or laser for hair removal is actually waxing, hair removal cream, plucking. You can't do anything to actually remove that hair from the follicle um, because if you are removing that hair from the follicle, um, there's actually nothing there for the laser to target when you're coming in. So you must only be shaving in between, which is an important yeah. side note. Yeah. I think something important too also is just like, 
the priming of your skin is just like avoid um, sun exposure and especially sun exposure where you are lying out in the sun, lying on a solarium, um, any sort of things, fake tanning even because fake mm. tanning, you're creating a fake, it, even though it's f- fake tan, you're actually creating a fake chromophore. And it's still a pigment. It's still a pigment, yeah. And if if you don't disclose that you fake tans to your clinician or beauty therapist or whoever's going to be doing this hair removal um, and they go to do a pulse on your skin for the hair removal, it's not even going to get to your hair really. It's like it it's, literally, it's literally going to burn you. In my practice, like I always alcohol wipe the area just to see if there's tan because you can scrub and scrub and scrub, but it is so hard to get off. Um but I always alcohol wipe. But even if it still is a tiny bit on that I maybe didn't pick up, you literally see the laser spark. Like, it's crazy. But, yeah, like you were saying, it's that false pigment. And that is sitting on the surface of your skin. So if we're pulsing over it with a laser and IPL, it's going to be attracted to all of that pigment on the surface of the skin, that fake pigment on the surface of the skin, all of that heat sitting at the surface of the skin. It's not getting to the hair. It's not getting to where it needs to go. So you're wasting your money and you're risking a burn so as you like you can tan that's fine just um, make sure it's all off before you're coming in and yeah like you were saying with sun exposure how does that work like why can't we have sun exposure um so with sun exposure basically we are telling our body we, we've spoken about this before in pigment is that you're telling your body to create a defense for you, right? You're creating, you're, you're putting yourself out for this damage from the sun and your body is accruing and getting all of these melanin and melanosomes to start defending our keratinocytes, which are skin cells. Our skin cells are very important to take care of because if there's any sort of damage to the DNA in our skin cells, then dysfunction happens. So when these mel- uh, these melanin cells get to our keratinocytes they defend them and they create a cap over our skin cells which creates a darkening of these keratinocytes then if you were to go get laser hair removal while you are still in this activated melanin pigment state your body will not preferentially absorb the pigment in your hair it'll preferentially absorb the pigment in your skin, which is something you don't want to do. That's when burns happen because the like, re, like really like there's not a whole difference between the melanin in your hair and the melanin in your skin. Your la- the laser just wants to get to somewhere and the chromophores okay. want to absorb. It doesn't matter like what, what the melanin is, the melanin's melanin. So that's why it's really important to take that break before you have gone tanning. Obviously, try not to tan. I mean, like I'm not endorsing tanning, but if you are doing the laser hair removal, it's important to, you know, follow the guidelines. Like I'm sure. And yeah, the sun exposure, any sort of sun exposure. Yeah. And people, I find a lot of people do really, they just are like, Oh, it's just a precaution. But if you have ever seen a laser burn, like you will not do it because it, it's, it scabs up. It's a whole burn, but because you're targeting the melanin and the melanosomes and the melanocyte, your actual cell that creates pigment, people who have experienced a laser burn, we should add a um, photo in the show notes when we upload this to our other platforms. Yeah. 
laser burns is like is white rings on the skin where you've completely killed all of the pigment and a lot of the time you can't get that pigment back it's those cells are dead you can't it's really shocking it's not good I just want to quickly remind everyone who's listening on stereo also, um, you can send in messages. So any sort of messages you have for Tanea and I, you can send them through as a voice memo and we would be happy to answer any of your questions regarding IPL and laser machines. So um, I think that brings us to another really good topic, which you just reminded me, is like contraindications. So these treatments, a lot of people, like pretty much everyone can have, um, they're really safe because that, that heat and that laser is only penetrating so far into the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of the times pregnant people don't really want to get it. Totally understandable. You, I feel yep. like when you're pregnant, you can't do anything. Um, uh, obviously, sun exposure is massive, but then we have things like our photosensitizing medications. Um, yep. So often these are things like... Antibiotics. Oh, anti- Antibiotics is a huge one. Antipsychotic medications as well. Um, yep. So basically what these do is like they sensitize your skin to the sun, to UV. They also create a little bit of inflammation in the skin. And then this means that it's like it's like going out in the sun or like, you know, having a lot of sun exposure before your um, laser treatment. Like you have that heightened melanin activity in the surrounding tissue. And then that's going to absorb the laser. So it's just a really high risk for adverse reactions and burns. So sometimes your clinician can adjust the parameters to like make sure that you're being treated safely. And sometimes it will be decided that you should just wait until you aren't on that medication. It's very case dependent. Um, yeah, definitely. And like, time, you know, it, it's, it's not a race either. Like, I mean, laser hair removal is amazing. But, you know, if you can't do it, you can't do it. Um, and there's so many different alternatives for people in that meantime, like shaving, mm. like waxing, that are just as effective. Another thing as well is um, epilepsy. So because the laser is a bright flashing light, although we do wear goggles to block it out, you still do see that flash. So um, people mm-hmm. who are, have a light-triggered epilepsy, it's not um, it's not safe. Yeah, um, yeah. the glasses don't block out the flash. Like, it kind of just mutes it almost, if yeah. you know what I mean. So it if you've ever it worn so laser... damaging. Yeah, so, like, um, it's kind of like wearing sunglasses almost. If you wore your sunglasses and looked at the sun, you can look at the sun, but the sun's almost, like, muted. It's, like, it's not as intense. That's kind of how, like, the laser goggles work. So epilepsy, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, put it. Yeah, epilepsy, absolutely not. Um, also, Rakutane is a big one. Mm-hmm. And that's because so, of that photosensitizing component as well. Yeah, because it's a vitamin A derivative. So, um, yeah, it's really important. So, like, if you're getting laser hair removal on your face, for example, because you want to get rid of, like, a mustache or whatever, um, and you are using your vitamin A, um, it's important to cease that activity I would say, is it five days before? Yeah, about that. It depends what one it is. You know, they're all so varied in strength and everything. I actually have had a patient before who was on Rakutane and I did her hair removal. She had a doctor's note and everything like that. Um, We kind of made that exception because she was going to be on a low dose for a long time. But Mm -hmm. that's when, you know, you have to have that relationship with 
them and she totally understood that she could not have one bit of sun exposure and we were doing quite um like hidden areas we weren't doing normally sun exposed areas but let me tell you like her response to the laser that kind of erythema that redness and swelling that you know when you're having the treatment it's normal to get a little bit of that because we are putting heat into the skin but hers was extreme like crazy it's uh, yeah I I know I know exactly what you're talking about because like even when I was um even when I came off Rakutane and I had shaving done not shaving sorry waxing um oops sorry can you hear me yeah I can I know this story you have told me this story Oh, it's so traumatic, honestly. Um, like, I went and I know, got I'm waxed. Sorry, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. We all make mistakes. But I, like, I literally Had got you waxed. you finished the medication as well? I'd finished my Rakuten round, like, 12 months ago. Um, and this is when I actually just met Tanea. Like, it was our first year together at university. And I got my eyebrows waxed, and I literally had a chunk of my, like, skin ripped off under my eyebrow from the waxing so that Your just waxing lady sh- must have been mortified like she, oh, she must was, have been terrified she was like I thought you got off it I'm like I have and it was just <gasps> like yeah it was just like she's like oh we can only do like plucking from now on she does like such a good job on my eyebrows so like I'm not gonna oh like, she does yeah she's so good but that just shows you even though it's not about lasers Rakutane really sensitizes your skin not just to waxing or laser, but skincare too, um, to the sun also. So it's always really important to take that care. Absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, there um, are of, which there we are spoke. Of, yeah, sorry. Which we spoke a lot about Roaccutane and um, things like that in our types of acne. Um, yes. Episode. Yes, absolutely. Mm, like so you can go and listen to those. Ingredients to include in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's a, there's big systemic, um, I guess, issues like, you know, if, you've, if you're going through chemotherapy, if you're immunosuppressed in any sort of way, um, absolutely. it is advisable not to get these treatments done. And because it is such a, you know, invasive thing that's being done to you like chemotherapy it's always really important to talk to your doctors and really like talk through with them what alternatives or what things can be done um absolutely because that comes first lasers come second yeah yeah getting rid of your body hair comes second absolutely yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) um so with lasers and IPLs there's some good endpoints that we can get right so there's a lot of um things after a treatment that happen to our skin that kind of tells us this was a successful treatment some endpoints are undesirable and some are desirable what kind of things have you seen Tanea you know what actually I feel like a lot of people can get really scared by even the desirable endpoints too but what, oh, what, what, do you, what, what, what kind of things um, do you see that are desirable endpoints in hair removal for IPL so, and laser? 
basically we want to see a little bit of redness like you want a bit of red a little bit of redness to know that we've put enough heat into the skin we've gotten some response um a lot of the time this can look like redness of the area that you've treated but a lot of the time it will be really local to where that hair is so around that hair follicle you get a bit of redness you get a bit of swelling and it can kind of look like a bit like red little dots um that is a great endpoint. Um, of course, this is initial, like straight after your treatment. Then over the next 24 hours with the application of like your aftercare gels, not heating up the area, not wearing tight clothing, letting all of that heat escape the skin, it just goes away. There shouldn't be any discomfort or anything like that. Um, yeah. But that's kind of the endpoint. We want to know that we've got enough heat in there mm-hmm. and it's been effective. Um, yeah. With yeah. laser, with laser, you see more of that individual um, redness around the follicle, which we call perifollicular erythema. Um, yeah. Bit of a mouthful. Anodema, yeah. Anodema, um, so a bit of that swelling. But um, I guess with IPL more, because it is that rectangular, um, contact. you know, a contact, you do get more of that stamping redness. Um, sometimes there can be a little bit of darkening of the area overall if you're treating pigment of the skin as opposed to the hair removal. But um, it is more that like stamping motion. Um, mm. And as long as, you know, there's a lot of, there's good even contact on the floor because it is a rectangle. It's always really important for application to be really flush to the skin, right? So Absolutely. as long as you're, as long as the person who's doing the treatment is, you know, having that even application, there's not more leaning into one side of the rectangle than the other, then you're going to get a good, nice, even treatment. So the, redness that you see from the IPL should be should be even it should be the same kind of level of redness all over and then in those certain areas where there is um the hair follicles you will see that um that redness pronounce kind of like little circles almost and um you almost see like a flick like we've done obviously hair removal on each other at school but like you almost see like a flicking of the hair yeah, you can do. Yeah, that's mm. it's fun when you say that, isn't it? Yeah, um, people who might have a um, I know for me, um, I can get a bit of a inflammatory reaction just because of my allergies. You can have a bit of a delayed reaction, um, or a prolonged reaction. So that's really case dependent on the person. It can be a bit undesirable, but it really depends on the individual's case. So for me, for example, because I do have that high histamine level, I can have that redness for a bit longer if I were to get hair removal. So that's really important to maintain by, you know, wearing loose clothes, avoiding rigorous exercise, keeping the area uh, cool after the treatment. That's really important with aftercare too. And I think um, that's a good point like a good part to add as well is it's really integral that care you take in the first 24 hours like that's really important something that I recommend to people such as Yanni who kind of have that high histamine response and that allergy kind of hay fever background where they do have that extra itching kind of response and things like that they can always speak to their pharmacist about um, antihistamines because that helps to reduce that response within the skin after a treatment yeah, absolutely. That's something that's a part of your um, routine for your allergies. Um, it's always really important to take extra care, especially when you're about to go get treatments. 
that you are adhering to your um, your medication, um, and not just for I guess like antihistamines goes for anything really. Um, yeah. Just just you know as long as that is being disclosed with someone so that they can really adjust or um, make sure your safety is being cared for in your treatment. Yeah, and that's where our, I our think, the consultation process is always huge. Yeah. Um, I guess undesirable clinical endpoints, do we want to talk about that a bit? Um, I think a big thing, like, you, I, I feel like it gets put on the, the television on, like, a current affair, like, every, every, like, couple of years of those, like, hair removal gone wrong, but, like, hyperpigmentation is a huge thing. Yeah, so if, and that's the thing as well is, like, I feel like when you're IPA, using IPL lasering someone, if they have had that kind of sun exposure or like they are not, they've had sun exposure and they haven't been listening to the pre-care, I can tell straight away that redness looks so different to normal. Um, and that's, yeah, like we said before, that's when you run the risk of having burns and hyperpigmentation from that excess heat in the skin. Um, so that's the main one, but that really comes down to, pre-care post-care correct parameter selection um that's avoided very easily if things are adhered to correctly that's like when things go very wrong (laughs) yeah Um, definitely something i see sometimes is a little bit of a that kind of histamine response so a bit more redness in the area a bit of itching things like that um but we kind of can manage yeah we can manage that with cold compression product use afterwards like we said loose clothing um but other Mm. than that like it is a pretty comfortable treatment it's pretty simple like once you know what to do and you've had a couple of treatments like walk in the park yeah it really is i mean like um most like most people you're going to be going to in a clinic have done laser hair removal for quite some time and after a while it just it just happens Oh my god, we have a voice memo come in. Let's play it for um for our stereo app. I have a question too. I'm just wondering what would you say the biggest misconceptions are between laser and IPL? Did you did you hear mm. that today? Yeah, so I think Oh that's cool, it got played. Yeah. Um I think the biggest misconceptions between them is thinking that they're the same thing. Like thinking that they're yeah. the same thing or, or, oh my God, this what? is something that I haven't even spoken about. Like, how could I forget this? People thinking that a home IPL machine is going to <gasps> results. Oh my God, the home IPL machines. Oh my God, how could I forget about them? People they come to nasty. me all the time and they're like, I've had this home, home IPL machine, but it, it worked for a little bit and it doesn't work anymore. And that's because the settings don't change. Like we were saying before with our different parameter selections, as the hair changes, thins out, slows down, there's a whole different thing, like a lot of settings that we change according to that hair to target it. When you buy that tiny, tiny little IPL machine, there's only one setting. So it's not changing with the hair. So your results plateau. Also, that tiny handheld thing is literally tiny. If, you, if you've ever seen an actual laser machine, like which they is the size huge. Of an, it's literally the size of an armchair. Like you it's know, an you, oven. You can kind of you can literally see that <laughs> that will tell you everything you need to know. Like the difference between the two is crazy. Yeah, I do. Do you have I anything not... to? 
you just like you you ignited something in my body about those at home IPL machines because I loathe them so much because like how can you compare like it's almost like a joke when people are like it's just like getting it done at a at a clinic like it's really not like you can't no. compare that at all the size of it, it it's like you know what it's like you know those little kid ovens that that um that kids play with and they make their own like little like baked goods it's like saying like oh yeah it's just like cooking on an oven no it's not like they're two completely different things yeah um yeah I I would just say a lot of people think they work the same when they really don't like we like like we've said before it's the broad wavelength of the IPL the single wavelength for the laser so they are going to be doing this cousins not sisters cut that's a good one. Cousins, not sisters. Yeah, they definitely are related, but they try to do different things. Um, but yeah, I think also like, I just, I don't know. I, I prefer laser anyway, um, generally speaking. And I, I think IPL is good, but I just think laser does seem a bit safer sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I think they, so where I have worked before, we only had laser and I wish we had have had an IPL. Um, they both have their place. Like like we said, IPL you can use for that multiple chromophore, so it would be great for like poikloderma or anyone who's concerned with pigment and vascular. And an IPL has a shorter wavelength, so it's very good for superficial vessels, whereas when you're using a laser, it's a very deep wavelength, so... To get that to be absorbed by superficial vessels, you have to use a lot of energy. So in that case, an IPR would have been better than a laser. Um, it's just a, so, like, they're both so good for different things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they are. Yeah, definitely. I think generally speaking, um, I think a misconception overall is that darker, dark, darker people or higher numbered Fitzpatrick people don't think they can be traded with a laser for hair removal. That is removal. such a good point. That is an incredible I feel point. Like, I feel like people who are Middle Eastern, people who are um, African, I, I'm like, you know, I, I listen to Bob, uh, the drag queen and Monet. They've spoken about their laser hair removal on their podcast before and they don't want to get it anymore because of what they've gone through. And it's just such a shame that one one unfortunate um, interaction has changed their whole view on it because it's such a good, effective tool for hair removal, especially if it's a part of your work. So um, I just, you you know, obviously there needs to be extra care taken, but when is there a situation where you don't need to make, um, you don't need to make changes for a person? Everyone is so different. You know. And I feel like in my practice, like people who have been, you know, that kind of top of the scale, Fitzpatrick, like five and six, the longer wavelength ND YAG works incredibly. Like they get such so good. good results. Like, and the thing is as well is often I'll hear people on the phone talking to people about hair removal. And obviously we do need to know your Fitzpatrick type, your skin type so that we can pick the right machine for you. But what's more, if you have the, both of the modalities in your, in the clinic you're going to the most important thing is the hair color rather than your skin any skin type can come and have the treatment any skin color yeah but the only person that can't have the skin treatment is people with blonde and gray hair so it's more important to find to ascertain the color of the hair than the person's color of the skin 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, uh, I think really the only extra precautions that need to be taken with darker Fitzpatrick types is like, obviously the wavelength, um, the amount of energy that's delivered and also the cooling because darker skin holds heat so much longer than lighter skins people. So, you know, yeah. Go on. I was just going to say, like, just, you know, um, making sure that you're, you know, having that contact cooling, having that fan blowed on your skin after the hair removal um, is really important or drawing the heat out with an ice pack. It's really important. Yeah, fantastic. Another thing that's really important, which if I'm doing sun-exposed areas, I will always get people on a pigment inhibitor, um, which we've discussed in our ingredients episode. Um, But I... You know, anyone with that darker Fitzpatrick or that more like that ability to pigment, always getting them on a pigment inhibitor so that they don't, that heat from the laser doesn't cause any pigmentation and you're lowering your risk and increasing your safety profile then. So that's a Mm -hmm. really, really fantastic um, inclusion in home care just to make it even safer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, but... Yeah, like you said, it's about the hair more than the actual skin, right? Like any anyone with mm. any skin type can get the treatment. Like it just matters about your hair. Like yeah, I mean, absolutely. dark, coarse, thick black hair. Like sign me up. I'm a I'm a bloody candidate for it. <laughs> You're like dream patient. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think I there's nothing really else. I feel like I need to add about it. I think we've covered mm. it nicely. Um, I think we have. I think our like questions are always open. We've got our Google Forms still happening. Yes, um, we do. Um, so anyone who's listening on stereo, um, you can click either Taneo and I's link, um, our profile, and the link to our podcast is there. Um, if you're listening to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, all the links for like our Google Forms, anything we've spoken about today will be in our bio. Um, but we are so happy to have had you all here um we hope to do so a couple more doing, um the live different platform today yeah it's very fun it's I, I like the interaction like getting the voice memo so um thank you nick who sent us through a voice memo today it's greatly appreciated um but we hope to see you all soon in our next episode of ty skin and I hope we're not recording in lockdown. It'd be nice to record face like together one day. One day. Absolutely. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Alrighty. Bye guys. Bye.